0: The date is Friday, December 18th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, we'll keep the holidays rolling as we discuss a film called The Polar Express. And we've all been good this year, but we seem to have mixed feelings about whether this film belongs on the naughty or the nice list. So ride along with us on this journey to the North Pole, and enjoy. Enjoy.
1: Damn son entertain this. Entertain
0: this. Let's entertain, entertain this. this. It's your yeah.
1: weekly podcast capsuling all things entertainment. Um that was our fresh take on a spicy meme that just hit the streets. <laughs> totally brand new. <laughs> just came out for fresh for twenty for twenty twenty, uh just for you guys. Yeah, we're not um, behind. You're behind. Welcome welcome back to our Christmassy month where we're talking about things that pertain to the holidays for the most part. Um, We have another exciting episode for you guys today, uh, but before we get started, I just want to throw in, and before I forget, that we launched our website, www.entertainthis.net, a place where you can go and see uh, all of our episodes lined up, give brief descriptions for all of them, find the stuff that you want to listen to. Now that that's out of the way, Nick, you brought us a little something special, a little gift under the tree, if you yeah. would, uh, uh. that you brought us this week for us to enjoy. So I'm going to toss toss this this shiznate your way.
2: A little gift from little Saint Nick here. A little
1: gift from little Saint
0: Nick. (laughs) That's good. I'm really, uh, listen, I'm no saint. Okay. Just because my name's Nick and your name's Alex and your name's Michael, that doesn't mean
1: you're a saint. Okay. You you go to bed at nine o'clock.
0: Ten. (laughs) Ten. There's an extension on that. You extended it to (laughs) ten? I mean, I always go to bed at ten. I, I oh, just okay. log off of everything by nine. I don't understand how you do that. I just get sleepy and then I fall asleep.
1: You, you don't drink. You don't smoke. Nope. You go to bed by 10. You're in a loving relationship. You pay your taxes. I mean, boy, you're a saint. <laughs> I
0: like to not pay my taxes. <laughs> yeah, but if you I'm do being it anyway. honest. Yeah, and that's what makes you a saint. <laughs> Paying your taxes makes you a saint. Yeah, even if you don't want to. Anyways, uh, we're here. It's one week closer to Christmas. And I thought I'd ask you guys what are your favorite uh what are your favorite holiday memories? What gives you the warms and worms and fuzzies this time of year? Ooh. Thinking back on it. Ooh, I know mine.
2: I yeah? know mine. What you got? Mine was uh, I was sick as a dog for about like 10 days or so. I had like the flu or something nasty like that. And uh Christmas morning, I wake up and I'm not feeling any better. This is, like, the worst i felt on a Christmas. And um, we're sitting there. We're opening up some gifts. And I'm sitting on my family's. We had, like, a stark white couch. Uh, and I'm in the middle of unwrapping a gift. I get that funny feeling in my belly. Uh-oh. And my mom goes and grabs a lid to, like, a tiny little lid that was about, like, an inch deep. uh <laughs> and holds it under my mouth, and I end up vomiting, completely missing the lid, vomiting all over my mom and the couch.
0: No.
2: And from that moment, I had not felt better in weeks. That's your favorite memory? Oh, I love that story, because I was like, I've never felt more relieved on Christmas than ever.
0: <laughs> Is that one that your family tells over and over again around dinner time? 100%. <laughs> Something we think
1: about with every Christmas.
0: That's perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: It's
1: totally, uh, totally cool. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice dinner conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my tradition's more broad. I don't have like a memory, but like I have just, I, I mean, like, I have the memory of, uh, every Christmas morning, uh, my grandparents coming over to our house just for that morning. And then us going over to their house later on in the day to meet up with the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. And just like, that personal time that I got with my parents and my grandparents when we were all just sitting around and, uh, experiencing Christmas together is something that, like, I cherish. Um, yeah. And it's just, like, that feeling of being surrounded by the people who are most important to you. Like, yeah, family's important, but you know that, like, half your family isn't totally important. <laughs> yeah. But the ones that, like, are, the ones that are really important, like your, your grandparents and your parents, like, just having them there and, um... Like, I'm going to cherish that for a long time. I still have, like, my DS that I got for one of these Christmases, and, like, I got excited because it was, like, the first one that came out with the camera. And when it came out, it was like, oh, shit, this has a camera? That's crazy. Uh, But now everything in its mother has a camera. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I have pictures from that very, like, that, that Christmas that I got it with, like, my grandparents and my parents and us all sitting around the Christmas table having, like, breakfast, um, And I will never delete those pictures. They are something I hold very dear. So that's something that I just remember. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm going to put a quick amendum on mine just because, like, that made me think about how, like, uh, every single morning for Christmas, after we would get done opening presents at my family's, we would then go to my grandma's to open presents at her house. Mm -hmm. Because I was very lucky. My grandma lived a five-minute walk from my parents' house. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, I don't know. It just made me think of that and how, like, so about two or three years ago my grandma passed away and this is only going to be like the second christmas that we don't do that and it's like damn christmas is awesome but i i guess it's because it's so awesome that christmas is such a strong day for family that it makes you think about all your
1: family whether they're here or not yeah i mean uh, in tradition wise like christmas is about like giving and uh t- like bringing joy to other people and seeing like the expressions on their faces as you're bringing them this stuff. So like, that's something that's like super powerful. Is just like bringing that good, like good vibes, good energy into the world. Um, and yeah, just to like add on to mine, both of my grandparents, like who are in those pictures, like passed when I was relatively young. So I'm with you, man. Like it's been probably like 10 ish years. I think in, uh, I think this year it will have been 10 years since the last time I've experienced Christmas like that. Yeah. Um, but it's probably one of the reasons why I hold that memory so dear is because I've like been without it for so long and that really does like bring strength to it for sure. Yeah. yeah, Just to, just to throw it in because I forgot to say it at the beginning. Um, this is our Christmas episode. This is the Christmas episode. We are going to release an episode on, uh, december 25th but it's going to be more of like a new year's wrap-up kind of an episode Mm -hmm. um so so this is the christmas episode so get ready for your jingle jangles that's what's happening (laughs) for the next hour
0: i'm coming to town Uh, well i'm going to stay in this town but i'm coming to a town okay so it's almost (laughs) time for me to put on my red suit and hop in the sleigh and deliver presents all across the world i'm telling you he is saint nick saint thick neck Mm. And uh, <laughs> today I've got a real present for you. Oh a real shit! Treasure. Santa can't mm. fit down the chimney because
1: he's he's just a little same <laughs> thick baby this year. Santa's got that COVID nineteen. <laughs> oh damn! Santa's Santa. got that cake. <laughs> you thick? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Baby girl
0: been eating cookies. <laughs>
1: Jeez! He
0: does be eating those cookies though, and the milk. He'll He's drinking milk. Um, so
2: do i so do i
0: hey we all like cookies and milk it's okay um but this movie that i'm talking about today is is uh it's on my nice list for starters and it has all those lovely traditions that we know and love around it santa claus the elves of the north pole and even yes the train under the tree which is my favorite part and i really (laughs) like trains as you know
1: (laughs) do you already know what movie this is because i'm not in the loop here I think I know what movie it is.
0: Okay, guess what? It's I about need the...
1: wait more hints, more hints. Okay,
0: more hints. We can go. We can go, we can go a little more to that.
2: Here, here, here's a hint. Train, Alex. Train. <laughs> no, there wasn't a train
0: under train. the tree in that movie. There, well, I don't know if there was or not. No, it was a bell. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll get to the bell. We'll get to the bell in a minute.
1: Okay, so we are talking about we we'll talk Tom Hanks' masterpiece.
0: Tom <laughs> Hanks' masterpiece called The Polar Express.
1: yeah that's the movie wow i guess that's okay cool hey we're yeah. doing it what i want to say is there is a large culture out there of people our age who absolutely hate the polar express
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i'm listen i'm a little biased and i totally get it that people don't like this movie
1: <laughs> yeah that's because you love trains that's been well established it's i do like the
0: trains i do like when the we trains. have
1: merchandise we're gonna have a nick train conductor shirt oh Yo. yeah or, or a picture
0: of me on a train I'll aboard the Imagination Express, bitches.
1: That's what I'll say. I'll say that. (laughs) And it'll have like a bitmoji version of you in a train hat. That's what it's called. Like pulling a whistle.
0: Yeah. Man, I'd love to do that uh, in real life. But uh, let's get back on track here. Why don't you climb aboard the Entertain This Express as we discuss a story about a real Christmas classic film. So let me ask you, uh, what are your personal thoughts about this movie? Did you like it? Did you dislike it?
2: Uh I this originally came out in 3D, right?
0: Uh yeah, it was 2006. I, that, that was yeah. when everyone was kind of experimenting with the 3D technology. Right. And 4D. I th- and 4D. I think
2: I watched it in 3D in theaters because my family was really big on the book. Mhm. Um like it was something that like during Christmas time, it was a coffee table staple. Oh yeah. Uh okay. but yeah, no, I I think I think when I originally watched it, I enjoyed it. Um, And I think I have not Watched it since then and now at this point It's just like I only relate to it Through the memes <laughs> uh, And which like it makes me think Like oh it's a garbage movie but I, I Love the memes that came out of it Like <laughs> oh god My memes. my favorite meme that came out of it is like the scene Where they are uh, On the ice and trying to redirect the Train yeah and they put the Tokyo drift theme music over it <laughs> That's perfect. It's amazing. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Drift King.
1: Um I'm kind of part of the community of people who don't like this movie. Okay, that's fair. Unfortunately, I am uh I am part of that weird group of people who the animation style creeps them out. <laughs> the ghost on top of the train was a little bit much for my, you know, 8-year-old <laughs> self. It was. Um, I don't like the. It feels like it was made in the game Bully. Like it was captured in the game Bully. Like the running animations are pretty similar, which is funny.
0: (laughs) It's funny, Uh, isn't it?
1: I don't know. It's just one of those things where it strikes me the wrong way. Like half the movie, you're afraid that this little girl's going to get thrown off the goddamn train. That's like (laughs) half the movie. You just find out that. And like that scene with the, the guy with the ponytail, he takes off the bobby pin and like they were, like you said, they were experimenting with 3D so they get really close up in on his face and yeah. he swallows the pin and it's just, uh, everything is just, I mean, if you slow that movie down even to like, if you just like slightly slowed it down, I think it would be just enough to make it maybe one of the worst Christmas movies to exist. <laughs> <laughs> because slowing it down just a little bit would make it just that creepy that I think it would be just torturous to watch. But in its current speed, it is watchable.
2: I, th- I think the biggest thing that I really didn't like was the uh, the kid with the glasses and the like light blue pajamas or something.
1: Yeah, he's like... <laughs> the know-it-all. Yeah, yeah. I got on this train because I'm one of the best people in the world.
2: Yeah, and I think it's solely because I related too much to him and it made me feel bad about myself. Oh, yeah. you poor thing. Yeah. That's not good for the young soul.
1: <laughs> I did... Also, I do remember it being like a, a Tom Hanks menagerie. Like he played Santa, he played the conductor, he played the ghost on top of the train. <laughs> he's like, I'm, like I'm sure all the characters. He's, he somehow played the little, like the little boy, the main character. But I don't remember if that's true. I just remember what? that being something. It could have been. I don't think he did, but yeah. I remember as a kid thinking that he did. Hmm. Um, I don't think. But yeah, did. just all together, it, it made me feel feel bad. <laughs> Makes you feel I, a I remember. Weird. The first time that I saw it in theaters I fell asleep. So that's to say something too.
0: <laughs> Oof. Nowadays I fall asleep watching like TV shows and Natalie can back me up on that. I don't know. I'm just up too eight nowadays. I'm an old man. You know, it happens. But uh so let's get let's get back on the rails here. Um I wanna talk about how this film came to be and I'll make some brief stops along the way for some fun facts. And I also want to use this film as a vehicle to talk about some of the wild Christmas traditions that we have here in the Western world. And then we'll make a brief stop at uh, the deeper meaning junction to find out the, the, the hidden gems within this film and classic entertain this tradition. So are you guys coming on board my train?
1: I've got my ticket ready okay yeah so uh, so sorry i'm interrupting your your awesome intro to just confirm that yeah tom hanks plays hero boy which is the like main character yeah
2: he plays hero boy the his father how? the conductor a hobo Scrooge, i never understood and how, Santa how he Claus. played him Yeah, I don't get it.
0: motion capture or no I no think, there's
2: there isn't a voice credit
1: to the boy besides tom hanks hmm. yeah he do like that? he played i don't know i don't know how he did it tom hanks if you're
0: out there tell me how did you do this i'll do some research suddenly i like
1: this movie a lot more just for that reason i see that is a selling point for sure but also if you're on the imdb page just look at the screen grab from that one video and that's enough to make me
0: not like it. (laughs) (laughs) Is it that bad you have to show me
1: guys look it up on your own time
2: okay thank you very much it's like it's like the conductor doing his own little like
0: it's like a freeze frame for like a tiktok video of the conductor (laughs) it's bad (laughs) yeah but uh it's too late now. You can't get off the train. You're on board the train now. You agreed to do the podcast. You're coming with me, okay?
1: Well, you wrote you wrote the script and we can't stop you once you're <laughs> um, on I paper. It the train. So, yeah, no, you go ahead. Okay. I just know that if I was like, "I love this movie." Chloe would listen to this and be like, "Really? The hot chocolate scene." I'd be like, "Yeah, you're right."
0: It's <laughs> so. It's available on YouTube right now. I watched uh well, I skimmed through most of it, but um you know what? I'm not going to say I disagree with you, honestly. So before this film was even made, as you said, Michael, it was a children's book. It was released in 1985, which means uh, it was relatively short in terms of words. There wasn't a whole lot of Mm – there wasn't paragraphs, okay? there's a paragraph per spread, per two pages, and then lovely illustrations on the other page. Um, I'd say you could fit all the text into a two-page PDF document conservatively, but – what brings it to life are those illustrations that I mentioned before. Is um, They're actually made by the author himself, Chris Van Alsberg. And you bet your bottom dollar that young Nick loved these pictures of trains. And I can remember <laughs> several times where I would check out this book in the library because right there on the front cover was the depiction of a locomotive outside a house on a cold winter's night. Now, for me at least, there's something magical about steam locomotives. And maybe it's just the nostalgia of days gone by these beasts no longer roam the expanses of our country's railroads or perhaps it's just cool to see the inner workings that are on the outside the big steel beams that connect all the wheels together and how they move and chug and breathe but I think we all can agree there's something even cool about seeing an old steam train so what do you think? are you guys, uh, you guys on board with this? you, you like steam trains? or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. alright I
1: have to jump in again I'm sorry <coughs> oh, <go ahead. laughs> um, I did some research more research I did some research for you. Uh, Breaking news. Just be- I'm going to play my own fact checker today. <laughs> uh, so, so shout out to Chloe. I'm doing it myself. Uh, Tom Hanks played the adult narrator for yep. Hero Boy. Oh, so okay. Hero Boy grown up was Tom Hanks. Somehow, the kid, though, was played by two different celebrities. Uh, <laughs> Daryl Sabera was the first one. The second one was Josh Hutcherson. Oh, hmm. both of them played him.
0: I'm thinking somebody did the motion capture and then somebody did the voice acting because this was. You are probably right. Yeah, this was a heavily motion captured film. So yes, this was 2004. 2004? Wow, I thought it was 2006. Yeah. but
2: whatever. Uh, Josh Josh Hutcherson did the vo- did the body capture,
1: right. and yeah. Daryl Sabara did the voice. There yeah. it is.
0: There you go. And speaking of okay, actors, um,
1: about your question, the locomotive trains. Yes, right? yes. Do you, do I you like? like them. Do you like trains? I like trains. I like. I like trains. Do
0: you like old trains? You do You like do do new do. trains? What we're gonna
1: I like those band train. I saw them in concert. My mm-hmm. concerts were illegal. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, also, here's a fun entertain this fact. Uh, the first time that we mentioned that you like trains was in the Disney versus Universal.
0: <laughs> was it really uh, debate?
1: Yeah, that was when. Your 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 secret about trains came out.
0: That's when I came out of the train closet, the, the train mm-hmm. tunnel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I came out of the roundhouse. Um, roundhouse kick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that steam locomotives in general are almost like living beings in a strange way. The, the chuffing of smoke is likened to the breasts of a behemoth, and the hissing of steam is to the exhales of the mechanized beast exerting itself to pull the cars behind us. Did I watch too much Thomas the Tank Engine growing up? Yes. And that's probably where this obsession started. But I'll admit it, and there's no shame here. Anyways, let's go back to the book now. It was written and illustrated by Chris Van Ellsberg, who attended the College of Architecture and Design at Michigan University, or University of Michigan. He was majoring in sculpture. And he graduated in 1972 and continued his education at the Rhode Island School of Design, or the RISD, which is prestigious, I think graduating Mm -hmm. with a master's degree in sculpture in 1975, after which he sets up a sculpture studio. He struggles to be successful, but at home, in his off time, he collected a series of sketches that his wife thought would be suitable for children's books. So she showed his work to an editor who contracted his first book, called The Garden of Abdul-Ghazazi, in 1979. And then he went on to write the 1981 book called Jumanji. So, both that book mm. and the Polar Express won Caldecott medals, which is a pretty big deal. It's seen as like the uh, gold standard of children's books. And to be eligible for one of these Caldecott medals, the book must be published in English in the United States first and be drawn by an American illustrator. Maybe sometimes the author. It's uh, himself, too. Interesting. Yeah. So, you see that, I mean, pick a book, pick a Polar Express book from, I don't know, Nineteen ninety something, and you'll see that big old gold medal emblazoned on the front. I'm sure you can yeah, remember that's, that. Yeah, that's
1: that's like a staple of uh, the Scholastic Book Fair. Oh yeah, big time is seeing those uh, those big old gold things. I think where the wild things are also had one of those.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. But it's that like the sense. gold standard for children's books. That's that's what you need to take away from this. And the the big thing here is it's the Cowdricot Committee is uh, quote distinguished illustrations. In a picture book and for excellence in pictorial presentation for children. So long story short, the bigwits think it's cool. I think it's cool. You guys out there probably think it's a cool story. So let's get into the meat and potatoes out of this. What the heck is the story about other than old trains and Christmas?
1: Um, This is a rhetorical question.
0: Yeah, it could be. You can answer it if you want. I don't care.
1: Eh, feel like spoiler territory. I don't want to ruin your, your vibe, your, your flow. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm that Where the Wild Things Are did get that giant metal on the front of it. Nice. It, also, it it was also a uh, children's book that was turned into a, a movie.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Hm. So I can't remember. Did, I
2: never there. saw it. Did people end up enjoying that movie? I don't know. Okay.
0: It seemed kind of weird when it came
2: out. So I, I enjoyed it. it. It was at that awkward time where it was like the book came out when we were kids, but the movie came out when we were like like
0: 15. <laughs> <Teens>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It like, like, I'm too eh. old for kid stuff. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs>
1: Mine was more like, "Hey, I remember this as a kid, so I'm definitely going to watch this."
0: Yeah, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Yeah, uh, but let me tell you a little bit about the train that's starred in this movie. It's an hey, actual, for it. yeah, it's an actual locomotive. It's the Perry Marquette 1225, and it is a Class N1 284 Berkshire type locomotive built in October of 1941. So, pretty old for the uh, Pierre Marquette Railway by Lima Locomotive Works right here in Ohio. Number 1225 is one of the two surviving Pierre Marquette 284 locomotives. A hilarious coincidence, the locomotive's number is actually the date of Christmas, 1225. And though (laughs) it's life, it was used as a freight engine hauling steel from northern Indiana around central Michigan area, where it remained in service on various railroads until 1951. In this particular book, it's serving as a passenger train. So, it was purchased by the University of Michigan for static display in 1957. Why, you may ask? The thinly veiled excuse of giving engineering students a piece of real equipment to study. But that was quickly shot down because they, they're like, we, we don't need this, this is old-ass technology, why do, I, why do I want to study this? But get this, you can actually ride this train in real life today. The Great Lakes Central Railroad offers multiple runs throughout the year for you to get up close and personal with the real-life Polar Express. But it wasn't always there. It was parked on the Michigan State University campus for several years. And the author of the book had remembered playing on it when he attended home games for Michigan University with his family. So that's why this locomotive was uh, starred in this particular film. Why it was chosen to star. So, before we begin to dissect the plot here, let me be upfront in saying this movie adds a ton more stuff to it than the original book had ever included in it. Some may call this padding the story. Maybe that's true, but who am I to say? I'm a lowly podcaster and not a movie critic. With that being said, St. Nick is going to be giving a very special gift to your ears this time around by sprinkling a little bit of holiday magic in the plot summary. And you'll see what I mean here in a minute. So, what do you guys remember about this plot? Anything uh, notable that we haven't already said? There's a
1: boy. Yep. That boy. That boy. Is all the bow humbug and shit. And then suddenly there's a fucking train in his front yard, and it's a threat. If you don't believe in Santa, he's going to find you and hit you with a train. Uh (laughs) But the conductor dude's like, you know what? I think I can set up a little rehabilitation for these kids. I don't have to murder them all via vehicular manslaughter. (laughs) And instead, I can put them on this mud train, take them back to the North Pole, have them watch Santa take off. And once they see it, they will believe it, and they'll start believing in the Santa Claus, and when they do, <laughs> they'll get a nice little warning every time that he comes around to, you know because they'll hear his bells. <laughs> I think the that's bells. the plot.
0: It's a bit of a macabre twist on it. <laughs> that's what I remember at least. Yeah I mean, that's, what remember, like that. that's what you remember. so <laughs> Michael, Wayne, you have anything there I remember
2: yeah, 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 I remember I remember lots of, I remember dancing waiters. Uh-huh. Yeah, they kept
1: threatening the kids with scolding hot drinks. <laughs> they were throwing them all over the place. Like, oh, if you don't believe,
0: we're Save gonna <laughs> your hot chocolate.
2: <laughs>
1: yep. And then there was something
2: about the bell, uh, and the bell like represented whether or not you believed in Santa. Yep. It was I, I, like it's something like if you if you ring the bell and you can hear it, you can hear it ringing, then you believe in Santa. Then you still believe in the magic of Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't hear it, then you don't believe. And I remember. He gave it to his dad, and his dad rang it and was like, I don't hear anything.
0: You're right. It is about a boy, um, a very special boy. He's called the main character boy. He doesn't have a he's name. He's called Hero Boy. Hero mm-hmm. Boy, whatever, whatever the hell you want
1: That's to call what he's him. credited in as during, in their IMDb. Yeah, th- uh, there's this weird thing where nobody has a name. They all have names.
0: They, they all Ask have me, names. Ask me, I'll tell you.
1: Yeah, there's Hero <laughs> Boy, there's Lonely Boy. There's the know-it-all boy. They got they names. All, they, this is literally a movie about dem boys. Dem boys. We dem boys, though. We didn't train, boys.
0: (laughs) But uh, so the plot begins, right? We have the opening scene of the night before Christmas Eve. The boy, who is skeptical of the existence of Santa Claus, is struggling to fall asleep. And he witnesses a steam locomotive arrive on his street, which is a personal dream of mine. And if it actually, actually ever happened, I'd be very excited. But he goes outside in slippers and a bathrobe to examine it. And while on his way downstairs, you see the typical Christmas decorations that we've all come to know and love. But what is the deal with bringing a dying evergreen indoors and stringing lights on it? Hmm. Let me tell you. Before <laughs> Christianity was even either, either even conceived of, people used to bring evergreen bows into their homes during the winter. The greenery reminded them of the plants that would return in abundance soon. Speaking of somebody who gets a little sad during winter because it's all gray outside here in Ohio, I can totally appreciate that. But gradually, this tradition subsumed into Christmas celebrations in Germany after people decorated evergreen trees in their houses and called them paradise trees as a reminder of the biblical story of Adam and Eve. So this tradition spread, as immigrants did, but the practice really took off when word got around that the uh, Queen of England, Queen Victoria, decorated a Christmas tree as a nod to her German husband's heritage. And by 1900... One in five Americans had a Christmas tree in their house. So pretty cool, right? Can I
1: tell? Can I tell you guys a joke that I wrote once that you're gonna have to take out of the podcast, but you can like leave in this part and your guys' reaction to the joke?
0: Okay, we'll bleep <laughs> sure. it out.
1: Okay, here it is. Yeah, no, you're right. Ooh, he <laughs> was.
0: That's dirty rotten. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's dark humor check out that episode of the podcast <laughs> sorry that you guys didn't get to hear the joke but i really don't want there to be <laughs> we don't, evidence we don't of want to be saying that we don't want to the there are a couple of there are a couple of jokes in my repertoire that uh i think are hilarious but i would never tell anyone except my most trusted peers michael you've heard <laughs>
0: both of those
2: i have i've heard. Yeah. God, your other one i am never gonna forget it's pretty good
0: yeah was it the one where you wrote a play about the thing that is bad. Yeah, no, that's yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we won't we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Christmas, you guys.
1: Yeah, Nick, you've heard both of my terrible jokes before too. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, but we're here to talk about Christmas.
0: While we're at it while we're at it talking about Christmas trees and bad jokes, why don't we go ahead and explain stonkings? Or stockings, sorry. Hanging One up your th- socks. <laughs> that could be it. One of it. not most- that just
1: doesn't that just come from like the idea that People were out in the cold and snow, and their like feet would get wet, and their <laughs> socks would get wet. Yeah. So they would hang them by the fireplace to dry, and then just one, they would wake up and there'd be shit in them. Yeah. They'd be like, "Oh shit! Magic fairies put shit in my
0: shit." <laughs> magic <laughs> fairies put stuff in my uh, sweaty stonkings that are hung by the fire to dry. It's like, ooh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll eat this, but yeah. <laughs> one of the most plausible explanations for why this became a tradition was the uh, the habit of leaving out shoes with hay inside them on December 5th, which is the eve of St. Nicholas's feast day. Mm. Lucky children would discover that the hay they left for St. Nick's donkey had been replaced by treats or coins when they woke up the next morning. And mm. it was a side story of how St. Nick dropped three gold bla- balls down a chimney and they landed in sto- socks hung up to dry by the fire. So that might be an explanation of how... Hanging your stockings up by the fireplace got started. People just wanted gold from Saint Nick. Saint Nick was actually a real person, by the way. He was. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. He was a third-century Greek bishop, I believe. Um, and then uh, later on, he he did some miracles, apparently, and that's how he became a saint in the Catholic Church.
2: So he wasn't a small little claymation man who delivered toys no. to the boys and girls.
0: No, unfortunately, he wasn't. I mean, that might mm. be a representation of him, but that we don't we don't have footage of this guy. Okay. <laughs> He's <laughs> magic. He's magic. There there he he has thought
1: seven ways around every way that you're gonna you know, if you think about it It's magic. You know how on Saint Patrick's Day in school we used to build like traps to catch leprechauns? Right. Because if you caught a leprechaun you got his gold. Yeah, you got his Santa's gold. like the the like professional version of that. Like if you <laughs> catch Santa
0: You're in trouble. You're not in trouble, you get stuff. You get Santa. Uh, the conductor, after the boy walks out, right, he's uh, he's outside on his front lawn, he sees this big old train out in the middle of the street. He's like, what the hell? He's like, I'm tripping, bro. The conductor <laughs> like, says,
1: There's something in those Christmas cookies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the conductor says his famous line, This is the Polar Express! And it's on the way to the North Pole. It's the
1: Polar Express!
0: <laughs> the boy Jumps on board as the train departs. Now, before you said, hey, that's child abduction, let's keep in mind this is a children's movie. And damn it, it's and Christmas also, time.
1: he did it by choice. There was consent. Involved. There was
0: consent, even though, well, he, know. he
1: almost didn't make it. He almost got hit by the train.
0: <laughs> you don't get on, you get run over.
2: Technically, there's consent. Technically, there's consent if you ask a kid if they want a piece of candy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> true story i got i got killed by a train in call of duty Warzone, and alex is the only witness to that
1: yeah because i drove our vehicle straight into the train because i was like look nick a train and then it went <laughs> <laughs>
0: it
1: killed only nick
0: <laughs> only me <laughs> but hey we like trains anyways uh by the way quick little plug for our uh our twitch stream here it's entertain this um on twitch i think right entertain yeah
1: if you go to our brand new website, there's a uh, there's an icon for it up in the top right corner.
0: Quick, quick little plug there, because mm-hmm. you know we love them plugs. Uh, but he's on the train now, right? He meets a, a spirited girl and the know-it-all smart boy. Yeah. The train also picks up Billy, who's kind of a loner. He declines to board, but then he's like, "Oh wait, 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 wait!" And the main character yeah, boy he starts pulls starts the emergency brake, allowing Billy to board, and the conductor gets pissed.
1: <laughs> Another reason why this was a scary movie was because the adults in it acted like actual adults instead of adults in most <laughs> children's movies. Yeah. And the adults are like,
0: "You dummy,
1: you gonna kill us all?" <laughs> you just earned woman. yourself a merry merry little ass whooping. <laughs> there are no stops on the Polar Express,
0: like guys. It's also, the girl's,
1: name, the girl's name—the uh, girl's official name—is Hero Girl. Hero Girl. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you for that.
0: I was just gonna call him, you know, whatever, spirit Girl or whoever. Um. Billy's the only one that has like an actual name, so it's kind of strange. But
1: uh, yeah, it's because they had to put it on the, the Christmas present. Remember?
0: Oh, that's right. Um, so the conductor's pissed off, right? And having a train full of kids maybe isn't such uh, a good idea. Just just throwing that out there. But as Billy sits alone in the back, the train's observation car, hot chocolate is served, and you get that famous hot chocolate song, the song and dance. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> it's kind of strange. <laughs> It was. It's like, why? Why are you throwing a musical number in, inside this, this already good movie? Yeah, the, <laughs> this adaptation
1: of almost two pages. <laughs> it's okay. A to book. be fair, <laughs> to be fair, this was a musical, like it or not. Mm. It had multiple songs.
0: Okay, that
1: it's a it musical makes? like chocolate. how a Disney movie is. It a musical. had the song where it was like something, something when Christmas comes to town. Yeah, at that one. Yeah, they they also at the
2: stars. Yeah, they also performed the Tokyo
1: Drift theme music. (laughs) That's a thing that happened, Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, And they did the song with uh, the uh, the elves as they're like getting Saint Nicholas all set up. Yep, Santa Claus. There were there were a lot of songs.
0: Yeah, so here's here's the thing. If we want to be nitpicky about it, Saint Nick and Santa Claus, at least in my mind, are two different people.
1: All right, you're wrong, but that's fine.
0: I I mean, that's just me. Okay, being being raised as a as a Catholic boy.
2: Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way.
0: To me, they are the
1: same person.
2: We had a Saint Nicholas Day. Yep. Which is where we would put our Christmas list out for so for Santa to come and get, uh, or for Saint Nick to come and get and bring it to Santa. Oh, Uh, okay. And then that
1: seems that seems overly complicated for no reason. Why wouldn't (laughs) they just be the same person? Because the word
0: is a little different. Because we had, we left out our shoes, and then uh, St. Nick, of course, would come, and I always used to get, like, a little Lego or something in my shoes, and mm-hmm. maybe some chocolate. Um, but other than that, that was about it. It was St. Nicholas' yeah. day
2: and day. Yeah, we put our Christmas list in
1: our shoes, and then we'd
2: wake up with some gifts.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah,
1: see, but that's because he came and took your list, and then he brought you the stuff on the list later on. He's the same guy. No, it was not stuff on the list. Guys, leave, is. leave, <laughs> give us... We post on Twitter every episode. Start leaving stuff in the Twitter comments about stuff like this, but definitely tell us. We'll do a poll. We'll do a poll. I'll make it right now.
0: We're going to Is Santa Claus real? No. (laughs) Is Santa Claus the same
1: as Saint Nick?
0: And a lot of people are going to be like, well, technically, no. Make it three. Make it three uh, responses. I'm not going to make it
1: three. It's going to be yes or no.
0: Yes, no, and then technically.
1: (laughs) So go vote on our poll. Actually... Uh, Go go vote on our poll a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> It'll get people pumped up for the episode when it drops. But uh, mm-hmm. where do I leave off in the story? Um, uh, so, so They just a, got Billy. Yeah, they got Billy. Okay. So they then... Um, singing songs. Yep, the singing songs. And then they got like the whole ticket scene. But the, the girl can't find her ticket because it's all floating around. There's like a solid five minutes with the tickets floating around and doing whatever. And they're showing off the 3D animations and all that. Which, uh-huh.
2: like, quick question: What the hell is up with the whole? Like, why do they hand out tickets when they abducted these children?
1: Like, I mean, no, they already <laughs> had the tickets. They don't hand them out. Like, you reach in your pocket and you got one. It's like, that's how that was-
0: worked. Okay, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of magic going on here. I don't have to no tell problem. you that. But
1: what's <laughs> stupid is you can have you can magically get the ticket that you never bought. It just magically <laughs> appears in your pocket. And then the stupid thing is you could fucking lose that ticket.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it can just
1: go. And they and if you lose it they're not like it's a magic ticket it just showed up in your pocket like mm-hmm. we get it like you clearly made it this far you see the train so you're you're probably fine they're like oh you don't have a you don't have a ticket you lost <laughs> your ticket you never had a ticket yeah get they're off like our train. they
2: kick you out right in the middle of like northern greenland
1: <laughs> and guess what they are honest when they're like <laughs> the polar express has no stops like they're going
0: to toss your ass <laughs> off the train it's an express train <laughs> don't you understand
1: It's got one stop, and if you have to get off
0: before that, then I hope you can roll fast because, like, (laughs) tuck and roll, you're not gonna make it. No, but it's it's like the conductor seems to be obsessed with like the procedures of being a conductor. He has to say all aboard. He has to collect Uh the tickets. He has to punch the ticket, showing that you know you're on the train or something. That's you. I'm the conductor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that,
2: that that would be you. I was actually, you, hey, Nick, what's your, what's your size?
0: What's my size? Yeah. Like shirt size? Or are we talking something else?
1: Uh, General like if stuff. you were going to buy you a uniform. Yeah, yeah, probably be medium. Medium? Okay.
0: Yeah. you going to buy me a conductor outfit? Because that'd be pretty dope. Maybe. all right. All right, all right I'm not for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, in the process, the hero boy is trying to get back this girl's ticket, right? So he, he climbs up on the roof after they get ejected and all that. Um, I don't know what the conductor is doing with the hero girl on the roof, but they're up there for some He's reason. He's taking her to the front of the train. I, I know it's like, why are you, why can't you just walk through the cars? I don't understand that. They have I don't think gateways. Can get to it. They have gateways. I mean, they got the big coal tender that's blocking off the actually, uh locomotive cab, and you have to climb over that. So I can understand having to climb a little bit. But, uh, anyways, um, uh, blah blah blah. There's there's some things. The the the, the hobo. The Ghost Hobo. Also voiced by enough. Tom Hanks. Also played by he Tom Hanks. Thank
1: you very the much. The Spirit of Christmas.
0: Apparently, yeah. Um somehow the spirit of Christmas takes the form of a hobo on a train. It makes a little sense, I guess. But uh the boy sits up there on top of the train with the hobo. He has a cup of Joe, some coffee, which I can appreciate. And uh, I don't know, they're just having a nice little conversation. Um but eventually the hero boy gets up to the locomotive's cab, which is, which is where I want to be, if you ask me. Uh, the boy discovers <laughs> that the girl has been made to supervise the driving the train, while the engineers, called Steamer and Smokey, replace the headlight and Yeah, front.
1: literally, they, they were like, you don't have a ticket? Well, I guess you're going to have to work to ride. <laughs> it's, it was the equivalent of, oh, you can't pay for this meal? You're going to be washing dishes.
0: <laughs> you're you're going to be shoveling coal, uh, which they have to do, of course. The boy is, uh, he's up there in the cab. He finally gets there and he applies the brakes and the train stops when it comes across this herd of caribou that's blocking the tracks. The, the engineer and fireman at the front of the train, they're like, "Oh, stop the train, stop the train. They're they're, they're help, like, they're... caribou. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes to a screeching stop. And in real life, it probably takes, I think, what's the figure, uh, a mile or two to stop an actual freight train. Or something like that. They just can't stop on a dime, okay? Um, but once again... They can is... if
1: the dime is a mile and a half away. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's a lot of magic going on here, okay? They, they get to this herd of caribou and uh, the conductor pulls on Smokey's beard because he's he's got this long ginger hair um, and this long beard, of course, that's like, I don't know, three feet long or so. Um, they pull on that and he screeches. He's like, oh!
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one of those scenes that like I'm
0: not okay with. I didn't no. sign up for this. It's torture. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going off the rails here, but uh, the train continues on after they get this get past this herd of caribou, and uh, of course, something always has to go wrong. So the the throttles split pin shears off, causing the train to accelerate uncontrollably down a 179 degree grade onto a frozen lake, which is where the Tokyo Drift theme plays endangering two dozen children (laughs) or more who knows uh (laughs) but i don't know if you guys know this or not but that's not realistic for any railroad okay they're pulling a maximum of maybe five percent grade on even the craziest lines in the world but uh seeing as the trip from central michigan to the north pole is a three thousand mile one-way trip and it's all over the course of a night it's pretty solidly in the realm of fiction but i did some back of the envelope math just to see how fast the train would have to be moving to get there in time Assuming we have an hour and twenty-three minutes of nighttime, the train is traveling at an average of two hundred and sixty-three miles an hour. Oh God, I'm backing out algebra. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was a relatively okay, so, simple equation. So wait, you're taking the time that the the like length of the movie?
0: No, we're taking the length of the night itself. Okay. So it's assuming the train left his house by as soon as the sun went down, and it made no stops.
1: It was, like, later than that. It was, like, either 11 or... Because everyone in the house was asleep. Okay, so the so train's moving... it had to in, be, like, at least midnight.
0: Oh, yeah, the train's moving faster than 263. We can assume that, right? Yeah. And let's say there's an opposite train coming in the opposite direction, and that... <laughs> okay. I'm not
1: going to say that, because you said it was a one-way trip.
0: So. I know, but I'm just saying, like, uh, you remember those terrible algebra equations, like... Skip skip, mm-hmm. the, bits. skip okay, the bits. Okay, sorry. Skip the um- bit. <laughs> I'm still haunted by the SAT. Okay. So I'm haunted by the hobo Christmas past. I'll say that much too. (laughs) Um, but there's, there's a scene where they have to, they're Tokyo drifting across the ice and he has to reverse the throttle back and Mm -hmm. forth to get the train to go left or right. And finally they get boom, right on the tracks. Um,
1: yeah, which is just, just as difficult as stopping the train.
0: Yeah. Apparently Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, It's crazy. Um, So there's the scene where he goes into the the mail car, the puppet holding bin, and the hobo is kind of, I don't know what he's, he's taunting him, I guess? Why did that exist? It probably didn't need to, let's be honest. Why was there a puppet holding bin? Why? (laughs) That's where they keep all the naughty
1: puppets, not pumpkins. (laughs) But why were there, okay, do the naughty kids get turned into puppets? Is that what they were going to do? The little girl didn't have a ticket?
0: I mean, I, I ain't saying nothing. Um. The boy Why did that
1: exist? I forgot. That wasn't to mention. in the book, was it, Michael?
0: No. Uh, no, no, no. no. no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> this so is they one of those. just like add in a pop in room. It's scary. Yeah.
0: Like literally just to make people get a little scared, I guess. Guys, fuck this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 it's a Christmas classic. How dare you? Um, it's, but...
1: it's strange. Keep going.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's uh, when, when I guy...
1: might entertain this again. That's your mission for this.
0: Okay. I have to get you to entertain <laughs> it. That's that's what the podcast is all about really um right. the hero boy i forgot to mention before once he's in the locomotive's cab get this he gets to blow the whistle oh <gasps> yeah everybody wants to, to you the
1: that was that was the climax of the movie everything after that was falling action
0: all i want to do is blow the whistle yeah yeah boop i don't know like uh, once
1: that happens i can just stay on the train if you guys want to go see santa i'm just gonna <laughs> sit here Blow this whistle all night. I'm going to stand and just blast the whistle. It's where the conductor sang to the hero boy Can you blow my whistle,
0: baby? Whistle, baby. Let me know.
1: But it's Tom Hanks. Remember that.
0: Yep. Yeah. The Tom Hanks. How dare you? Uh, the train eventually arrives at the North Pole. The conductor announces that one of the passengers will be chosen to receive the first gift of Christmas from Santa himself. Uh, eventually, the hero boy, of course, you know, he gets the first present that shouldn't be yeah, a surprise he's the hero boy but no
1: wait don't skip over the part where they lose billy in the in the uh nooks and crannies of the north pole yeah because he goes running Yeah, they off. Lose
0: track of billy in the polar express town ta- or the north pole town
1: because they find out that billy's on the naughty list so he goes to find out why right
0: oh yeah if you're if you're on the naughty list that's it's bad news uh
1: you can yeah, describe so that they, scene if you want. Well, no, 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 wait. They, he wasn't on the naughty list. He d- he wanted to make sure he was getting what he wanted for Christmas. Right. So he went looking for the gift, and he was about to open it before Santa delivered it, and that would have landed him on the naughty list. So Hero Boy and Hero Girl were trying to stop him. Mm-hmm. That's right. But we get that famous scene where you get the elves' headquarters. And they're all looking at all of those monitors and you get that thing that gets stuck in your head for the rest of your goddamn life. It's like once you watch this movie, you lose the game because you can never stop thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And it's that scene where they're like, uh, here's little Tommy. Oh, well, what'd he do? And you put gum in his sister's hair and play it back. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Uh-huh. I didn't do it. And they like walk away from the console with that playing. And you're like, ah! And I hear that all the time in my deepest accesses <laughs> of my mind.
0: Listen, he knows when you're sleeping. It. He knows when you're awake. He knows, that he knows he's when been you bad put or good. gum in your sister's hair. So he knows that too. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about Santa Claus. What, what's the deal with Santa Claus? Is he just some jolly old fat guy? Is he Saint Nick? I mean, I don't know. Where did these origins of Santa Claus come? Because he's a real guy, right? Well, the last
1: Santa Claus fell off the roof, so then Tim mm-hmm. Allen took his place. Yep.
0: <laughs> That's a different movie altogether, but uh what? A documentary. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Um the modern character of Santa Claus is based uh, around the traditions surrounding Capitalism. Okay. We can go there. <coughs> we will well, get go there. Ahead. Um the historical Saint Nicholas, of course, uh who is a fourth century Greek bishop, as I mentioned before. And he's a combination of also him and the British figure of Father Christmas. The Dutch figure of Sinterklaas, who himself mm. is based on Saint Nicholas, and some of the Santa Claus is also absorbed from elements of the Germanic deity Wodan, who is associated Whoa. with the pagan midwinter event of Yule and led the Wild Hunt, which is a ghostly procession through the sky. Sounds awfully familiar to a game we've all played before, right? Manhunt? Um, no, uh, Witcher, the Wild Hunt. Oh. <laughs> But anyways, we all is know it, what he looks it, like. Isn't right? sorry.
2: Isn't Wodan? Isn't that also derived from Odin, from Odin Norse yep. mythology? Yeah. Who also captained the 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 hunt? Yep.
0: Okay. Yep. All the same guy. Wodan and Odin, I think, are like the same people, pretty much. It's just a different name for the same guy. Um,
1: it sounds so badass. Santa on his magic sleigh, being pulled by a reindeer <laughs> with like a bow and arrow, and he's like, "To <laughs> the hunt!" <laughs>
2: For me, Wild it's more like picturing Santa, like, as we know him today, like, riding through
1: the skies, just screaming, like, to Valhalla! <laughs> I love
2: that, too.
0: <laughs> Guys, pretty Christmas much. is
1: going to be so great this year with all this new information. I know. <laughs> it's pretty,
0: hey, you have cocktail farty fun facts brought to you by Entertain This.
1: Did you know Santa is a cannibalist? <laughs>
0: I didn't say leads that. Leads to the
1: great but... hunt. <laughs>
0: But we all know what he's look, he looks like, right? He's a jolly old fat guy in a red yeah. suit. But why? It's solidified in the 1823 poem called A Visit from St. Nicholas by Clement Clark Moore. And I'm sure you've heard of it because it begins, "'Twas the night before Christmas," et etc. Et oh, yeah. Oh. The caricaturist, caricaturist and political cartoonist Thomas Nast also played a role in the creation of Santa Claus's image that we all oh, know and love
1: today. Oh, I was right. Yeah, you were. It was a political statement
0: about gluttony. Well, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) all right, fine. Go ahead. (laughs) Maybe he was. I don't know. But uh, so eventually here in the story, um, you you get this, the car falls off the train or whatever because they unhook it. And then the boy gets home. The the discovers that he lost the bell that Santa Claus gave him in the town square. And he awakens on Christmas morning to find the bell. Is actually within a present, Christmas magic, yeah, because he had that
1: that hole in his pocket that got ripped,
0: yeah, it's a it's a plot element in there, the the holy yeah. pocket, um not to be confused with the holy Bible, of course, um but he and his younger sister, <laughs> Sarah <laughs> joyfully ring the bell while their parents not believing in Santa, don't hear the bell and say that the brother,
1: like, oh sorry, buddy, I guess it doesn't work,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> the boy reflects on his friends and sister eventually growing deaf of the bell over time. And as a reflection of their belief being faded, however, despite his old age, the bell still rings for him, as it does for quote for all who truly believe. So that's that's kind Can of a nice I, little ending.
1: I'd like to poke a couple holes in this nice ending. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the cynic, bah, humbug that I've been this episode. I love Christmas. <laughs> I don't want you to get me wrong. It's this movie that I that I have problems You're with. You're just a poor express Scrooge. <laughs> You know what? That's true. And I'm sorry. I have to play that character. Maybe I love this movie. Who knows? But I have to play the character of uh, the audience members who don't like this movie. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. And in doing so, here are a couple things. Number one. Yeah, of course he's going to hear it for the rest of his life. Because he was on the goddamn Polar Express. (laughs) He saw Santa. (laughs) If I was on the Polar Express, I'd be like, y'all are crazy. Santa's real. Like, he touched him. The whole movie is like seeing isn't always believing and like that's something that they drive home but then like the entire experience is about showing so i guess seeing is believing they made a movie if if i am the parents of a child right i know everything that's under the tree Mm -hmm. because i put it there but if i didn't put it there like if i didn't wrap this bell and put it there My first question is, who the fuck was in my house last night? It's Santa Claus. He comes into your house. Right. Yes. Yes. So, right. If that's the logical step that you take, if you're like, oh, Santa brought the bell, then you're going to hear it ring. (laughs) Well, um... so, okay. No, hold on to assume (laughs) at this point that the father picked up the bell was like, oh, neat. You got a bell and then was ringing. He's like, oh, it doesn't ring. Then he doesn't believe in Santa, but he does believe in magic bells appearing under his tree, and the two are not connected.
0: Uh, yeah, correct.
1: So then, in, in the crazy well, man who has this child's mind, is he like, oh, the conductor left you a bell on the Polar Express. Cool. <laughs> Glad he brought you back. I have a theory
2: that... A game theory? I have a theory that the father... Thought the, conductor- the mother
1: took brought it.
2: No, the father, Even the, the conductor, the bro- Santa Claus, uh, the ghost, and Scrooge are all the, actually the same person. Yeah, because it's Tom Hanks, man.
1: Yep. <laughs> we have a bit through this. <laughs> yep. It's all Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks. isn't So is you're Santa telling Claus. me this is okay? Here's what it is: is that this is the child of a billionaire, and he was able to afford a train, mm-hmm. an army of little people to play elves, right, and a Santa suit. And he he kidnapped a lot of kids, (laughs) drove them somewhere in the mountains where he had built a set to impersonate Santa Claus so that his child would stop asking him if Santa was real. (laughs) Yep. And then when he rang the bell, he pretended not to hear it to scare the child into believing in santa for the rest of his life and he's like i ring the bell and i still hear it it's like yeah of course you do everyone does your dad was nuts
0: (laughs) he had too much money because he didn't
1: pay his taxes Because he didn't Um. pay his taxes santa doesn't pay his taxes merry christmas
0: hey santa's in the north pole and technically that's not even a country so he is free from the government
1: (laughs) santa could commit murder and he would be (laughs) that free baby he I hit mean, grandma and did oh not get it. Oh, my God. He's doing I'm slave
0: labor. Okay. I
2: know. I'm, I'm picturing Santa now running the North Pole as like a fascist state.
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> the elves try to unionize and he brings down the hammer. Right? He's like, hold out your hand. Crack. Who are, who are you? <laughs> I'm Father Christmas. What? <laughs>
0: <Quiet. laughs> Oof.
1: Guys, I'm thinking of a, a like a, a new uh, a new a new action movie starring Vin Diesel. <laughs> is this gonna be anything like Abraham
2: Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Hey, oh, I it's watched be that movie. exactly.: like Okay, them. cool. <laughs>
0: that was a ridiculous movie. Um, So
1: all in all, I think I will watch Polar Express again, but mostly because of how hilariously ridiculous I feel like it is at this point.
0: (laughs) It's pretty bizarre. I mean, looking back on it with an adult's mind, if if you don't look at it like a Christmas uh, movie for children and you start looking at it for (laughs) the bizarreness. Yeah, because kids (laughs) aren't going to ask
1: questions like... Where do the parents think the gift came from?
0: Yeah, they're going to ask, like, why is there a train outside my house?
1: <laughs> How does a train work without tracks?
0: Hmm. <laughs> could just be like, uh, what's it, Wallace and Gromit? Or Gromit's putting down the tracks and picking them up yeah. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> that could be it. Uh, that, that could YouTube's actually kinda like be that. it. YouTube's kind of like that when it loads, to be honest. Um, but let's, let's go a little deeper, because I think we already... We're in, the, we're in the shallow waters here. Yeah, think... we're,
1: we're goofing pretty hard, but there's some meat and <laughs> potatoes here.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's always meat and potatoes. It's, it's a Christmas feast. Van Alsberg chose an object to represent an idea. The silver bell, as we've said before, symbolizes not only the belief in magic, but the kind of joyful open-heartedness that all children have and that many grown people have forgotten. The Polar Express reminds children and adults alike that the world is full of wonder, and all you must do is look for it, listen, and believe. So, without deviating too much from the author's original intent, I think the movie speaks more to the fact that we live in a world truly full of wonder and magic. Not like the card game, though. On a cosmological scale, just think of the millions and billions of planets out there that are devoid of life. A mere existence in and of itself is a miracle. And for those of you born on Christmas Day, a Christmas miracle. But I'll open the floor to you guys now. What, what do you think the bell in the story represents? Is it merely belief in Santa Claus or is this an allegory for something else?
1: No, I think it's just that. It's yeah, Santa Claus? It, I mean, okay. Yeah, I think I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's it's a pretty, children's book. I don't think it's, it's getting... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's about like the spirit of Halloween. Nope. <laughs>
0: right, wrong holiday. Wrong that's the holiday. store
1: that—that's the store that I was talking about earlier with Chloe. It's about the spirit of Christmas, <laughs> spirit of Christmas. Okay. Yeah, no, it's about the spirit of like giving and Christmas and not Halloween.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's all just a little too easy to get lost in the day-to-day in-and-out struggles that we humans have to deal with. And yeah, life's a grind sometimes. And I've been there, believe me. But around this time of year, I think that we should focus more on the simple, good parts of our life the smile on a loved one's face, or the laughter of your favorite family member, or even share the spark of joy with someone or some doggy. In this movie, Santa says the main boy, quote unquote, learns the true spirit of Christmas that lies within your heart. It's not about a jolly fat man or presents. It's about giving oneself up and thinking of only others and how to bring the greatest happiness to others. That is the true meaning of Christmas. But this system above this season above all else, is about giving a little piece of yourself to others. What that means is if it's gifts or if it's a simple act of just simply spending some time with people that you don't get to see often enough. Once again, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but call your mom, okay? Call call someone in your extended family and wish them a happy holiday. It only takes five minutes and it means the world to them. So whether you go watch the Polar Express or not, I don't care. Maybe you will. Maybe you'll find out all the cool memes that we've been talking about. I think it's an okay movie, but I'd stop short of calling it a Christmas classic. Mostly because, as we said before, the animation dates the film so much. It's It sits right there in the uncanny valley and says, uh, I'm trying to be human, but I'm not really human. It's, you know how it is. It's kind of creepy. And I'll fully admit that I like this movie, and I'm using this movie to talk about trains. I'll
1: admit it. Good for you, man. Okay, <laughs> speak your truth. But
0: maybe you'll get bored at your uncle's house during Christmas dinner, and you'll see the Polar Express DVD on your entertainment center cabinet, and you'll think of good old Saint Thick Nick from your favorite podcast. Entertain this, and you'll give it a watch. But on a serious note, I wish all of our listeners happy holidays, no matter what you celebrate, and we'll see you next year.
1: <laughs> Technically, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see you on the we'll see you on the twenty fifth we'll see you on Christmas right, we're Day gonna be talking, we're going to be talking about next year Yeah, um, that was really nice yeah, give sorry, the gift to Christmas that I, sorry that I goofed on you so hard <laughs> but, it, but you're right, it does have a very strong meaning
0: hey, we need it
1: around this time uh, around this time of this difficult year we need to all come together and ring ring some, a ling some bells ring some bells, give a gift when we get back from this little short break uh, quick this with What's me this? See you then. Bye. What did you say bye for? Oh, sorry. (laughs) We're going to pick this back up. Hey, guys, it's Chloe, occasional host of the Entertain This podcast. My friend Ariana
0: recently launched More Magazine, in doing so, her goal is to make opportunities reachable for everyone by curating content intended to educate, inspire, and call people to action. Moore is focused on connecting people who value content pertaining to fashion, conscious living, sustainability, diversity, equality, inclusion, and philanthropy. Each issue will be created with a mission to share and connect people with stories that may resonate with others or shed light on a topic or experience. She started this magazine for the people who want more for themselves, more for the people they love, and more for the communities they are in. Get your pre-order of Issue 1 now and seek more with us. Visit moremagazine.org and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, This quick this brought to you by a YouTube video I watched this morning that pissed me off. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. We're getting back into the the heated valley of quick this, where I am enraged and ready to rant. I'm all so, here for it. Uh, turn turn your headphones down just a little bit because you know I'm about to get loud. Here we go. <laughs> so, my quick this uh, takes place starting in the early '90s. The comedy route, uh, the comedy touring. Uh, route where, you know, comedians used to sign on to different clubs and do different uh, acts that usually they wrote out. But one very famous uh, household name in comic took a different approach to it. It was Robin Williams. Uh, Instead of writing out all of his comedy and like all of his jokes and like workshopping his act, he would do something called improv comedy hmm uh what that meant was instead of being prepared he would just walk on stage and let the energy just take over him uh and he would come up with new sets every single night that he would perform you'd never see the same robin williams show twice uh and people loved him for that and it meant that uh his act had to be energetic and his act had to basically carry itself and that's how you get the Signature Robin Williams style of being quick, being funny, being witty, joke, 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 joke. Here we go. Here we go. Impression. This, that, the other, and everything being hilarious the entire time. Yeah. Um, While well, seeing one of these, uh, one of these shows, the writers over at Disney decided that they wanted to write a character for Robin Williams, um, and in doing that, they wrote the genie for Aladdin. Mm. They were like, "We wrote this genie." This genie is the thing that holds this movie together, and we wrote this part for Robin Williams. And they knew all good and well that if they could not get Robin Williams, that this movie was going to fall apart. Um. So, to get Robin Williams, who was a big household name at this point, because he had already done, uh, uh, n- whatever his alien, uh, show was that Mork and Mindy has a really Mork and Mindy um and like he had done a bunch of other like movies and things like that he basically was like i don't want to be a part of this animation because up until that point all the disney movies they didn't like refer to their advertising through big names like big hollywood Uh names they had like character actors and uh they had uh like voice actors do it instead like big like small non-household names and it wasn't until the movie before aladdin which was oliver and company that they started selling star power instead of good storytelling Mm -hmm. and robin williams was completely against that um so robin williams basically was like i i don't think i really want to do it the animators were like we have to book robin or this movie isn't going to work so they made a short little uh animation that went along with one of his recorded comedy acts and they were they animated the genie to that and robin loved it he's like this is hilarious i want to do this let's get a contract set up so they paid him standard which was seventy five hundred thousand dollars or something it was under a million that's a lot of he mine. didn't get it's a lot of money for us but for like acting that's standard hmm. which like he was he was a name that shouldn't have been paid standard He should have been paid more, but he got paid under it because he got paid under budget so that he could be a part of what he called an animation tradition. But there were some rules to that. He said, I don't want you to advertise me. Uh, He said, I don't want to be more than 25% of the advertising. And Disney was like, "Okay, cool. Like we won't sell this movie because you're in it he said and i don't want you to market me i don't want you to market the genie or my voice like i don't want the genie to be the reason people come and see this movie i just want to be a part of the movie they're like okay we'll do that so he signs the contract and the problem was at the same time robin williams was in a different movie for a kind of different company um And it was that weird thing where like Disney always goes up against the smaller uh, production companies Uh and uh, Robin Williams had signed on originally to do the uh, voice of, I think his name was Batty Coda, uh, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with, but it's from um, a movie about... Uh, it's called Fern Gully. It's about the rainforest and the reason why we have to save the rainforest. Oh, okay. And he played a bat that was being experimented on. He did a bat rap and he was already signed on for that. But Disney was like, we don't like that. You should quit that and come just be the genie in Aladdin. And Robin Williams was like, no, this is important. Like, this is about saving the rainforest. I, like, have ties to this. And he refused to quit. And, like, uh, Bill Eisner, who is, like, a big guy over at Disney kind of sabotaged the movie. He like kept renting the spaces that uh Fern Gully was trying to use. And he kept like buying stuff out from Fern Gully and like definitely made Fern Gully a lot harder to make. And Robin was like, you can't do this. It's my voice. And they were like, well, if you quit, we'll stop. And he refused to quit. So Disney went back on their contract and they found ways around the promises they made. Like if, Robin Williams only wanted to be 25% of the marketing, then he's gonna take up 25% of the poster. And the other seventy-five percent could be the other characters, but the genie is gonna be this giant thing up at the top that takes up twenty-five percent. And <laughs> they sold out to Burger King and started making genie toys, which uh, Robin Williams' contract said they couldn't do. And Robin Williams was pissed about it. And uh this quick this is basically just to be like hey disney what the fuck (laughs) like (laughs) yeah they went back on their deal they were assholes and like they kept apologizing and robin williams like knew that all of it was like bullcrap yeah then they got the guy who yeah corporate pr and then they got the guy who played homer simpson to be the genie in the sequel and i'm upset about it like eventually robin williams did come back um but one of the things they tried to do was give him like a million dollar painting it was like a monet i think or some other like famous painter but it was a million dollar painting they were like this is our apology to you here we're trying to buy buy you back he was like no and he like openly talked down about disney which is like great for him like i'm glad he did it but finally, uh, I think Bill Eisner got fired and they replaced him with somebody else. And the new guy was like, he sent out a press release immediately and was like sincerely apologetic uh, about what happened. And like, finally, Robin Williams took the apology. And uh, he came back for Aladdin 3 uh, and was Aladdin the and voice the King of, of Thieves. Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Mm-hmm. He came back for that one. And, uh, everything was okay after that. And he went on to make like flubber. He went on to make uh goodwill hunting, which was um, a Disney owned studio that made that. Mm-hmm. Um, Excellent. But film. all of that is because of a real sincere apology that he got, not because he was bought back. And I have a huge amount of respect for Robin Williams and all of his work um, because he was that kind of a person. And it was like one of the one times mm-hmm. where I could be like, finally, Disney, you did something right. Like you set out a sincere apology I mean, it took firing this, like, giant asshole, but still you did it and you owned up to it. So, like, good for you. But that entire situation is enough to piss me off. Uh, I could probably do an entire episode on something akin to that, but I think that's just important to say, hey, if you make a promise to somebody in the entertainment industry, keep that shit. It's not cool if you go back on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you're Disney, maybe stop doing a lot of the stuff you're doing. Uh, That's all I got.
0: (laughs) Disney, maybe you should stop. Yeah, that was a little the, lower. Five minutes. That's so I had to okay. It out, but
1: if the, if there's like one person in the
2: world that doesn't des- that didn't deserve that, it's Robin Williams. Oh yeah, correct,
0: big time. Man, I had no idea. Is it true that he didn't accept a salary for the first Oedipus? No, he did. He got a salary. He, he, but it was he way legally under had to.
1: Oh, he but legally it was had way, to. Yeah, like it was way under what he was supposed to be paid. Hmm.
0: Yeah, what he got? took
2: uh, it, the standard, I believe, for. Certain actors is like essentially like the minimum that they can make. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's because of
0: unions
1: and whatever else. Right.
0: Yeah. Good for them. Sure, wish I had a union. Podcasters <laughs> union. I don't get yeah, paid. I think
1: now. we actually have to be successful for that.
0: <laughs> ah, yeah. oh, I see. I see. See, that's a problem. We're working
1: on it. We have a website now.
0: We do have a website. Third plug.
1: Yep. Um, that being said, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the Polar Express. Uh, we hope that you go and maybe watch Aladdin if you feel like it and pay a little respect to our boy uh, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, God rest his soul. He is incredible in everything that he's in. Yes. He is. Um, go check out our website that just came out. Uh, if you go check that out up in the top right corner, you'll find links to all of our social medias as well as a link that says Listen Now, where you can find the rest of our episodes on every streaming uh, site available. Um, Chloe is currently taking anchor on setting us up a Patreon. Uh, and once that is completely set up and ready, maybe we start making some uh, some Patreon user-only content. Uh, that's something that we can get in the works, possibly, that you yeah. guys can go check out. So check out our website, www.entertainthis.net. And you can find all of that stuff there. It'd be absolutely awesome if you wouldn't check that out. Uh, if you do, click on those social media links, give us a follow, check us out. Um, thank you guys again so much for listening. We'll be back next Friday with a year in review. Uh, even though it's releasing on Christmas, it's going to be our New Year's episode. So come and check it out. That's all I got. Happy holidays. happy holidays, happy holidays, <laughs> happy hondo and days, the very bells keep ringing, do a slow fade, and we're out.
0: This episode of Entertain This was written by Nick Mustakengis, with additional commentary from Michael Savoya and Alex Steele. Our theme music is Rush Hubble" by Aaron Spencer, with additional music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.